just after 1 o'clock. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Lowdown with Low Tide, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details. Plus, get up to $4,000 in Christmas cash. That would go a long way in the holiday season. Connor Halley, Declan Kruger in for you today. Alan Mitchell off. I think he'll be back on Monday. The voice sounds good to me. I think he just wanted to do a little bit of a little Christmas shopping, get the long weekend going early, and uh, enjoy some time off. That's just speculation, though. There's no uh, no way for me to prove that. But I thought I did see a guy who looked suspiciously like him walking through the mall earlier on today. Uh, like I said, text line is one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Of course, coming up in about uh, 15, 16 minutes time, we will be doing the declinations where Declan Kruger will give us his top five Christmas movies. And I'm sure it's going to get heated. This is the topic that gets a lot of people fired up. So really looking forward to that. But first, we're going to go in the community brought to you by United Cycle. It's the final days before Christmas and United Sport and Cycle's last minute Christmas sale is on now. Say big for the athlete or sports fan on your list. We bring in Steve Lansky, Big Mouth Sports. Steve, long time no talk. I remember chatting with you way back in the day when Alan first got his Monday to Friday show down the AM dial. How are you doing? I'm great. I was still in diapers then, by the way. So it is nice. It is nice to talk to you again, Connor. Many moons, many moons. Okay, Steve, favorite Christmas movie, what would it be? And do you think Declan Kruger is really going to get the people going today? Uh, he always gets the people going, which you're right. If you if you don't get the people going, you're not doing radio correctly. If I only get one Christmas movie between now and the end of time, I'm taking Scrooge. Uh, Bill Murray, classic. Oh, oh. <laughs> It's beyond a classic. I've probably seen that movie, oh, I'm not going to lie, 30 times, and I find something new every time, and I laugh at the same stupid jokes every time, and my wife looks at me like, how can you think that's funny still? I'm like, because it is. You know, that's the key. I mean, if you're only watching it once a year for 30 years, the jokes stay fresh, in my opinion. So I'll hold off on mine, because I know Duncan's going to give his, and maybe I'll have to do a little input. But that is a very good selection. We've seen that a little bit here on the text line. Uh, Steve, we'll talk Oilers and hockey in a second here, but I want to ask you a question. I am a fan, unfortunately, of the Los Angeles Chargers, and they got absolutely stomped last night by the Vegas Raiders. Uh, When a game gets out of hand like that, what is the message to the broadcast crew as they go on? Because, I mean, you can only talk about how bad the game is for so long. That's right. And what you do at that point as a producer is you rely on the commentators and you hit their key during a break and say, guys, this is a dog. What can we show that will entertain the viewers? And I'm telling you right now, this is the beauty of of on-air people. They they will give you seven things. Watch this middle linebacker. Let's watch this. Let's keep an eye on this. Let's talk a little bit how this team is setting up their defense. Or maybe let's go back and examine why the Raiders are clobbering them. And then as soon as you have a bone to chew on in the truck, you're, you're great. You can do whatever you want. But you have to think outside the box because if you just fall into the pattern of, you know, huddle, snap, uh, tackle, whistle, replay, huddle, snap, it, it's not entertaining. But that's when you really have to rely on the people around you to tell you what they think would be decent television, and then you just play off that. Good answer. I appreciate that because I was out at a local 
the Canadian Brew House out here. Big fan of the, their, their locations, big sponsor of our station, so shout out to the Brew House. Of course, they had the Oilers audio on, so I was kind of curious about what the broadcast crew would be talking about in a game that went the way it did. Now, for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, when you look at this team, uh, we, we've talked about it quite a bit on the show already, and almost a catch-22 situation for the Oilers goaltending. You want to see what Stuart Skinner can do as the guy, but also he needs a break. That means getting Calvin Pickard in, and we don't know what Calvin Pickard can do because in his career he's never really been the guy who can hang around and do it consistently. So when you look at this Oilers goaltending situation, uh, what do you make of the whole thing, and, and do you think you just have to kind of ride it out with Stuart Skinner? Well, first off, Connor, I would say this. I don't think there is such a thing as a goaltending situation anymore. I don't think that exists in the NHL. I think we're talking about a defensive situation. Because I don't think goaltenders really matter much anymore. What are you doing in front of them? And are they making the five saves a game that really they have no business making, but they make anyway? And I think back in the day, five goalies could win the Stanley Cup. I think now 25 goalies could win the Stanley Cup, depending on how the team plays in front of them. So the problem with last night, and and I know Calvin Pickard won a recent game. I can't remember which game it was, but he made a bunch of saves especially late, that he really had no business making, which was great. But when you look at last night, the problem is the two goals he let in, Skinner, were huge goals, and they were really easy to see why they shouldn't have gone in. You know, don't don't try that poke check. Just stop the puck. Maybe watch the shot from Steven Stamkos at the blue line. Don't go down to your knees every time and then try to hunch up your shoulders and make that save because when somebody picks the corner, that's going to go in the net. But I think, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I think it's actually okay where they are right now. Because if they keep playing defense the way they keep playing it, if you go 8-1 and one every nine games, i got to tell you, that's a strategy for success. That's it. That's it. And I mean, we're, we're just going to overanalyze one game because that's what we have to do here. But when you look big picture, things are going pretty well. You mentioned Cal Pickard, the game that was against uh, New Jersey on Sunday, where he yep, said, yeah, that. Yep. yeah, 26 saves, only allowed one goal. So one goal, right. What, what would you do going into tomorrow's game against the Florida Panthers, a team that hasn't scored a goal uh, in about a week, and you have the opportunity to go with Stuart Skinner? Or do you go with the backup, Calvin Pickard, who gave you a quality start just uh, less than a week ago? I don't know Stuart Skinner personally, and, and I'm always a big advocate of I kind of need to be in the room to know the guys. But personally, I go with Skinner again because I'm going to bet my last dollar that he is pissed off about what happened last night. And anybody who's angry, you want to get him back in as quick as possible because it's not like we're breaking in, breaking this guy in. I mean, he's the number one goalie now. Um, I, I get him back in as, as quick as possible, and you say, look, uh, you know, at one point last night, the graphic said they'd scored 38 and given up 13 in the last eight games. Are you kidding me? If you'd have told me eight, nine games ago they're going to give up 13 goals in the next eight games, you'd have said, what? I'll take that immediately. So you can't look at one game as the barometer, especially with there were two empty net goals, right? Especially with two empty net goals, I put them right back in there. And I say, you're just going to banish that from your memory, because like Grant Fear, every goaltender's got to have the shortest memory in the history of the world, same length as a goldfish. And I get him back in and say, just keep doing what, you, what you're what you doing. We'll keep doing what we've been doing in front of you. 
Steve Lansky joining us here on the Lowdown with Low Tide. Connor Halley, Declan Kruger sitting in for Al, who will return to the program on Monday. We do think it's in the community for United Sport and Cycle. Now, Steve, uh, I want to get your opinion. As a former producer, like you... You covered these events. Now, the NHL All-Star Game, from what we've seen, reports that Connor McDavid was brought in to try to help spice it up a little bit. I remember watching the All-Star Games as a kid, and I, I think these events are kind of, you know, viewed to to get the kids into the game. I used to love watching those events, but it, it seems like it might be a little stagnant now, and, and it might have lost a little momentum. I could be totally off because I'm an old grumpy man now, but when you look at the, the NHL All-Star Game, and what they're trying to do to make it a little bit more relevant. Uh, what what can they do? What do they need to do to, to make it the event it once was? You know, that's a great question, and I, I don't have a solution. Because I think what killed the All-Star game, and what's killed a lot of All-Star games, back in the day, you could not watch every game. Every game was not on television. You could not see, t- like, let's pick the New Jersey Devils, for example. We didn't watch the New Jersey Devils 82 times this year. Back in the day... You would get them twice on Hockey Night in Canada in the season, and they might play your local team once. So you might see the New Jersey Devils three times. Now, let's say you wanted to see Zach Parise, or let's say you wanted to say whomever. That was kind of one of your only chances to see them, was in that All-Star game. Well, now, that doesn't exist. You can watch whoever you want, whenever you want, as many times as you want. And not even every game had more than one camera shooting highlights. This is really hard to believe, but it's a fact. There was a bunch of games in Calgary in the 80s that weren't televised, and all the highlights were with a one-camera shoot. Well, my God, that seems barbaric now. So those days of that anticipation and that excitement of seeing these players for the first time is gone because you've seen them a million times. I don't know what the solution is because you've seen them do everything over and over. Major League Baseball's tried it with the home run contest. I think it's okay, but I, I don't, it would be a long meeting if I was in charge, I can tell you that, because I'm not sure there's an equitable solution for everybody. I'm with you. That's a really good point. I mean, back in the day, you get fired up to see the stars that you don't get to see every night, and, and now we exactly. do. So that's a, that's a yeah, really good point. Exactly. But it's hard, it's hard to turn back the clock and explain that to people if, if they don't but you took what you could get, and that's all you could get. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Well, Steve, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate you hopping on. All right, man. Good pleasure talking to you, Connor. Take care. There you go. That is Steve Lansky, Big Mouth Sports in the community, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. And uh, we're going to have uh, Kelly Hodgson joining us on the Jason Greger Show to tell you what's going on down at United Sport and Cycle. I went in there in the summer. It's been a while. And bought my dad an Edmonton Riverhawks hat, and I was blown away. They actually had Chargers gear. Some of the stores in the mall that uh, Brandon Douglas and I walk into on our mall walks during lunch don't have Chargers gear or his Houston Texans. But uh, United Sport and Cycle does, so uh, go check them out. And we'll talk to them a little bit more on the Jason Greger Show. Uh, text coming in here, Patrick Swayze. Yes, Apoli had better value for his contract than Connor Brown does. How come no one rips on Brown on a daily basis like they did Yesy? You know what, I, uh, Declan, I'd like your thoughts on this too, but for me, it was because, and I'm just saying from afar, I didn't, I, I could be critical of Yessa, but I also rooted for him. I think it was because one side loved him and one side hated him. So one, one and I don't want to say hate, but maybe didn't think he was an effective NHL player. So you had the people saying, he's great, give him these opportunities. And then the other people would say, well, he's making too much money and he was a fourth overall pick and he 
the puck kind of dies on his stick, so he doesn't do anything. I think Connor Brown comes in. You know, he he's someone who can kill penalties, so he has a little value there. He's going to be criticized, and rightly so. He's got to find a way to put the puck in the back of the net. But for me, I've always said it, he was a guy that they 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 brought in for the last 40 games more than the first 40. So you can be critical of him for sure. We need to see some offensive upside from him. He's had his opportunity. He's got to eventually bury it. But I, I want to wait and see what he does down the stretch when this team gets into those those competitive matchups and hopefully into the playoffs and see. But no, I, I, I get that. Connor Brown, he, he has been a bit of a whipping boy, but nowhere near the extent of Yesa Playarvi. And I just don't think he's got the, the fanboys that Playarvi had. Well, I think the biggest thing is Playarvi's draft, draft position. Right. Like I think I think where he was drafted and he was supposed to be part of this team moving forward in the future, there was obviously so much draft capital put into him and he couldn't produce for where he was drafted. And so I think that's a lot of Oilers fans gripe with him. I think they look at look at where he was taken in that draft and said, this guy was supposed to be a part of our future. This guy was supposed to be, you know, a a, a top line kind of caliber player, part of the future with Ryan McDavid. And it just didn't work out. Now, Connor Brown obviously hasn't produced the goals you wanted him to produce or expected him to produce when he was thought to come in here and play on that top line with McDavid but I think it's a little bit easier for Oilers fans knowing and I could be wrong but I think it's a little bit easier knowing that this guy wasn't drafted with such a high spot he wasn't brought in to be part of the future he was brought in to just score a couple goals playing alongside McDavid obviously he hasn't done that but I think it's a lot easier to say hey we brought this guy in to score goals he hasn't done it than it is to say hey we drafted this guy fourth overall to be a cornerstone of our future and it didn't work out yeah, and that, that's certainly it. The expectation when you are drafted as high as Yasupoli was in the skill set. I mean, we saw it in glimpses, but the, the consistency just wasn't really there. And I mean, for me, watching him throughout his tenure with the Edmonton Oilers, I didn't see too much improvement. Uh, like, what, what's, where did he improve and take strides in his game? And you just had that expectation. So you're right, totally. But then, you know, you look on a flip side, like the Pittsburgh Penguins, if they bring that player in and just add him midway through the season for, a low cost. They didn't put any investment into him in terms of draft stock. You're loving it, right? So for sure. I mean, I, he's an NHL player to me. I think there's things he can work on. Pretty cool that he can say potentially that he went from playing with McDavid to Crosby. That's uh that ain't too bad, but we'll see what happens with JP. I, I don't think Connor Brown is, you know, immune to criticism, but I just think that the expectations and I haven't seen too many people go into bat for Connor Brown the way people did for Yesapoli and that's when the emotion becomes evoked. We'll take a break. When we come back, we are going to get to declinations. I'm fired up for this one. I cannot wait to see Declan's top five Christmas movies. It is the lowdown without low tide here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. 121, it is the lowdown with low tide. Connor Halley sitting in, Declan Kruger alongside with me as per usual. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line if you want to uh, get into the conversation. And I think you might want to with what we're going to be doing Next, the show, as always, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. It is now time for Declinations with Declan Kruger. No sound bed. We just go right into it over on this side of the pond, Connor. But yes, (laughs) I am very excited to get into my top five Christmas movies of all time. Like I said, oil... 8-1 8-1 and in their last nine. Streak ended last night. It's, it's you know, it's not great. They don't play today, so we're going to make things a little holiday-themed for this one. Number five. And I debated between, you know, kind of the universally accepted five best or my five favorite mixed with five best, if you will. Number five. I landed on Elf. 
the Will Ferrell classic from 2003. You can watch it at any age. I assume, you know, if you're young like me, you watched it as a kid for the first time, thought it was the funniest thing ever. It introduced you to Will Ferrell. Then from there, you graduated to, to Anchorman and to Step Brothers and Talladega Nights, all that good stuff. But it's such a classic Christmas movie. You can put it on with the family. You can watch it by yourself. Have a good laugh. Elf comes in at my number five. Do I have to comment or do you keep going? You don't have to comment. Low Tide usually throws something in there, but I mean, it's up to you. I uh, I think when Elf came out, I was just a little bit older and I didn't quite get into it. I still don't know how many times I've watched it start to finish. It's maybe over 0.5, but under 1.5. Interesting. But, but I've got a couple nieces and nephews that are getting close to the age where I'm going to rewatch that with them. But yeah, I think that's a good pick. And I'll tell you, it has lost a little bit, bit of its luster for me. That's why it comes in all the way down at number five is because it's just one I've seen so many times. Everyone wants to watch it. You know, I obviously, I have some younger cousins. I, it's, it's a family friendly one. Everyone wants to watch it all the time. So over the years, it did lose a little bit of luster, but I had to include it. I like it. I like it. What's number four? Number four. It's been brought up on this show already. It got the text line rolling. I have Die Hard as my number four Christmas movie of all time. Now, obviously not a Christmas movie in the traditional sense, right? I mean, it's not one you're going to th- sit down with the family and watch like you will, will, will Elf. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, I think it's a Christmas movie. Takes place at Christmas. There are a couple Christmas references in there. Great movie. Comes into my number four. Yeah, I once did a uh, Tell Me I'm Wrong, and I said that it wasn't a Christmas movie. I don't oh. really want to rehash that, but it was released in July, so I, I have questions. I, I consider it a movie that's based on the date of Christmas. It ties it together. You could probably put it on Halloween at a Halloween party. It would work out just as good, but uh, you know what? Hey, you know I, I don't want to be a hater. It's a great movie, so if you're putting a number four. Well, Connor, where do you come out on Gremlins? I don't. <laughs> Never seen Never it. Never seen it. Okay. Watch that Should one. I? I think it's a Christmas movie as well. Okay. That one's definitely a Christmas movie. Is it actually. number two? It is not. Well, we're on number three, so well, we've got to do that first. I knew you I... wouldn't have it that low if it was. <laughs> no, number three is Home Alone, the Macaulay Culkin classic from 1990. I believe at one point it was the highest grossing comedy movie ever. Uh, star power of Macaulay Culkin, I guess. Mm. But no, it's a, it's a great one. It's classic. It has all the themes of Christmas. Everything is red and green in there. Another one you can watch with the family every time and just such a timeless classic. Modern classic, I'll say. Yeah, I love Home Alone. And, and that's another one, like, if I, because people spun that around on me, like, well, you could do Home Alone at Halloween. You certainly could. You certainly could. You have to tie in a few different things and you could make it a little darker. But I love Home Alone. That one has so much Christmas imagery to it, though. Like, there's red and green in every scene. They're dressed in red and green. There's, you know, Christmas trees all around. There's always some reference to Christmas. He's talking to Santa Claus. Yes. That one's a, but I would like to say, I'm sure there's someone out there who's done it, but who's done a makeshift fan horror trailer of Home Alone. I'd love to see that. Uh, if anyone sure. has a link, send it our way. That'd but be yeah, cool. Like you said, he talks to Santa. He goes to church the night mm-hmm. before. Uh, the family Christmas does play a role in it because it's tough to get a flight home from yes. Paris. Yeah. Rental cars, all that. Number John Candy as well. Yeah. JC. Polka polka. Number <laughs> two, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation starring Chevy Chase. I watch this every year with my dad uh, when I was younger. Would watch it every year with my dad and sister. Uh, such a classic. So many quotable lines. His rant is incredible. Randy Quaid plays Eddie Cousin 
perfectly. Uh, I think again, it's just, it's, it's something I think, like, I'm not going to try and get too philosophical with it, but I think it's a Christmas we can all relate to, to a degree. Your family's in town. You got all the in-laws coming in. You, I mean, things are stressful. Things aren't going the way you need them to. I think it relates very well to the everyman's Christmas. Uh, and that's why I have it number two. Yeah, I absolutely love that movie. That was one I hadn't seen for a long time. My wife made me watch it, and I'm so glad she did. I was going to say, aren't you glad she did? Such a classic one. Yeah, Listen, this one got me as a kid every time when they're driving to pick up the tree at the beginning, and he hits the family with the, hey, kids, look a deer, and then flips <laughs> the bird to the truck drivers. It gets me every time. I, I can't get over it. I love it. when they're tobogganing. Oh, that Later, one's dudes. great, too. Later, dudes. <laughs> rockets off, yeah. So good. <laughs> So many off like one liners in that show that are just so good or movie that are so good. And number one, I won't uh, I won't uh, put it back any further. Number one, it's a wonderful life. The 1946 classic by Frank Kappa just doesn't get better than that. I watch it every year on Christmas Eve. I love it. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. And it is certainly the best Christmas movie ever made for my money. So. If if you're a long-time listener of 1260 or you're familiar with me, you probably know that I haven't seen mm-hmm. a lot of movies, and this would be one that would fall into that category. Gotta watch it. Never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Tried, but then it's just like, well, I could watch Home Alone or I could watch Christmas Vacation. No, no wrong. You got to do it. You got to push through it. It is. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen, and it is without question my favorite Christmas movie. All right. I like that. So for those who might have missed it, Declan's Declinations. Top Christmas movies, Elf at 5, number 4 was Die Hard, number 3 was Home Alone, Christmas Vacation at 2, and number 1, It's a Wonderful Life. I'll put, <laughs> Nolan says, not having gremlin, Gremlins is a travesty. Gremlins is cool, but like, there, I don't know, there's just, maybe I haven't watched Gremlins enough, but there are so many I think I would put before Gremlins anyway. Like, it's cool, it's a fun little story, the Mugwise are cute, the Gremlins are scary, it's awesome, it has everything. But I mean, over the five I picked, there's no way, I can't do it. Juice says Elf was the beginning of the downfall of Will Ferrell. I think we might have to go back and look at his filmography and well, see if that's where it really starts to happen. The thing is, he did Elf in 03, then he did Anchorman in 04, Talladega Nights in 06, Step Brothers in 08. Uh, he did the other guys in 2010, I think. So I, he did okay after that. Pillman says, I will not watch Elf. That's a, that's a hard stance. Will not. We've also got Walter saying Die Hard ranks at 16 on my list. Walter, please send in your <laughs> list because I want to see how you can have... Die- like, I'm not mad at Die Hard being 16. It's your list. I totally, I totally get that. But the fact that you put a list together where you were able to get to at least number 16, I want to see that. Send it in. We'd love to read it. That's what I want. I want Walter's like top 50 Christmas movies. Uh, Levi says Home Alone is a pure classic. The first two at, at least. Yeah, that's the two that Ashley and I have knocked off already. I love when he goes to New York. I think that's great. Even the third one, I will say, you got a young Scarlett Johansson in it. It's not bad. It's not the first two, but it's it's okay. And then we recently tried to watch the newest one, and I probably got about 10 minutes in and had to turn it off. The kid was just so repulsive. And, you know, Kevin McAllister kind of is too, but I grew up with him. So yeah, you had to kind of... You have find a soft him, spot for him. You find him endearing. Exactly. Uh, Hot Eats Cool Treats says, You miss Scrooged with Bill Murray. Get your act together, Declan. You know what? I just watched Scrooged with Bill Murray with my mom a couple weeks ago, actually. I went over. we had, I had a Sunday dinner at her place, and we watched Scrooged. I like Scrooged. 
But I think another thing is like I've seen so many iterations of the Christmas Carol story throughout my life that the story is just a little stale for me. You know what I mean? It's good. It's up there. It's top 10, but it wasn't making top five. That's fair. That is fair. It's top five, not top 10, not 10, top 20. It is tough when you have to make it only five. Brett says Jim Carrey in The Grinch is a classic. Okay, so I'm an 80s baby. I don't like that one. For me, it's cartoon or bust. Agree. I'm not an 80s baby, but I do agree. I love the cartoon Grinch. That was probably number six, if I'm being honest. But. Uh, that's that's one we'll probably get in maybe tonight. Oh. Uh, it might be Christmas Vacation because we did record it. Good. Although we do have it on DVD. We recorded off uh, off CBC? Yeah. Yeah, I watched the it the other night. Yeah, I watched <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, you have to. And, I mean, we have like, we bought this pack of uh, Vegas Vacation Christmas European and the original, uh, and the Ed Helms one. <laughs> I have that pack too. I swear. It's a great pack. Yeah, I have it. <laughs> uh, Gordon D says, "Connor, Die Hard one and two are Christmas movies." Gordon, I'm not going to argue with you. Second one's pretty cool as well. Give it a watch. He's at the DC airport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My like my dad. He he makes me watch those movies. There's some I've I've held off on, but that's the one who who who's really forces me or tries to get me to watch those movies there's a, lo- a long list you know alien predator all those ones that's the ones he's always hammering down but uh die hard one and two i i watched it one year or the, kind of as a family we watched it good movie laser says die hard is an xmas movie it has xmas movie throughout the whole reason they are at the nakatomi plaza is for the xmas party the ho 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 now i have a machine gun part the dead guy has a santa hat the ending mclean tapes a gun to his back with xmas tape yeah, I've seen a lot of scotch tape in my time. Sometimes it would not hold the weight of a gun. Hey, buddy, you don't need to pick apart Die Hard like that. <laughs> Just take it as a good movie. Oh, when his when his uh, tank top changes color, doesn't that happen at one point? Well, he gets dirty. He's crawling around and he's crawling through but vents. But then it and changes stuff. back. Oh, does it? And then I think in the second one, like the uh, one of the payphone provider changes at one point. That happens in pretty much every movie, though. I'm not here. Uh, to no me, that doesn't you don't change. Watch movies. To me, that <laughs> through any of them. My goodness. <laughs> to me, that doesn't affect the quality of a movie. But uh, yeah, Jingle All the Way was a huge snub from Montana to Rice. That was a good one. Jingle All the Way. Is that that's Schwarzenegger and uh, that's Schwartzy? Yep. What's his name? Sinbad, right? Oh, he was in that one. I don't even so, remember. He, he's the guy. It's been who, a while since I've seen. They're him. trying to get that toy from him. Dale says, "You guys are always talking about music themes for the day. How about local Edmonton bands? I'm not sure what the music rules are for radio, but I could easily give you ten songs from Yapper. Yeah, we'll send them in. We have to have them in our system. That's the only thing." Uh, Levi says, "Haven't tried the newest one, so that's good to know. That's referring to Home Alone. Yeah, I wouldn't. Just stick with the classics." Gerhardt's The Mayor of Withrow says best movie. Iron Man 3 from Gerhardt. It was Gerhardt at first, like Toby Gerhardt, the old running back. Mm. Now it's Gerhardt. I haven't seen all the Iron Man movies. It's all the first one. Is the third one a Christmas movie, Declan? If Die Hard is, why can't that be? The third, the third which one? Sorry. Uh, Iron Man. You know, never saw it. Never was big into the whole MCU superhero thing. So don't know. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> We've got this one. No name. Appreciate the text, though. Miracle on 34th Street is way better than It's a Wonderful Life. I haven't seen Miracle on 34th Street in a number of years, but it was always just a little too slow for me. 
Northside Sam says, boys, I recently watched Christmas in Wonderland. It was shot and based in Edmonton. It was cheesy, but I loved it. Oh, that's cool. Might have to check that one out. Listener Lance says, I've never seen Elf. I missed the boat and no one wants to watch it with me. See, that? I think Lance and I might be of a similar age where it was like, maybe you're a little too old and didn't have anyone to watch it with. Uh, you gotta, we've got to find somebody. We had to do a listener watch party after our Christmas party at Bubba Gump. Maybe go watch Elf. Scalding Gord says, It's a wonderful life. Spoiler, Connor. All the adult actors from the movie are dead, but little Janie Bailey is still with us. Well, it was made in 1946, so you could probably put two and two together. What is the greatest movie of all time? Citizen I, Kane? I think a lot of people think Citizen Kane or The Godfather. See, I watched that one and it was like, oh, these people are all long gone. Yeah. <laughs> Citizen Kane was incredible. Harry says, what's a DVD machine? Harry, come on. I guess there would be a generation of kids that are quickly getting older that would not know what the DVD player was, but for a time it was quite handy and it had like extras and some of them had little games. Buddy, I'll tell you because I know you had this as well. I started out with a VHS machine where we had to mm-hmm. rewind the tapes. People, people think I'm young, but I we had a VHS machine and it was awesome. Got to learn that. Got to learn that sort of thing. When I went to radio school, it was already dated, but they taught us how to like make stuff with tapes cassette tapes when i went it was dated but we still learned uh technology always moving last one here before we get to break any love for harold and kumar christmas that's me and my wife's favorite movie that comes in from eric you know what i actually i've not seen that one but harold and kumar quite hilarious so that might be one to check out in the future uh keep those texts coming in though uh we've got stuff from googie or googie a name i always struggle with here morris steve from from heller marty tipsy Kevin, lots of texts coming in here. one 401 We can keep this Christmas movie talk going. Or we can talk about the Oilers, the NFL, whatever it might be. Uh, let us know at the text line. As I said, one 401 Please sign your name. It is the Lowdown with Low Tide. Connor Halley, Declan Kruger trying to get through it today without Low Tide. He will be back on Monday, we do think. Powered by Wolf GMC Buick. Welcome back to the Lowdown with Low Tide or without Low Tide. Connor Halley, Declan Kruger with you. The show brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Shout out to them. The text line, one 401 1440 Should mention, coming up next on Sports 1440, it is the Jason Gregory Show. Uh, loaded show, if I don't say so myself. Uh, we've got a big thanks to our executive producer, Brad Slater. We got RA coming on. Rear Admiral from Spitting Chicklets will join us at 2.20. Cam Tate's two minute warning. Kelly Hodgson of United Sport and Cycle will join us holiday season. He's got some good advice for you. At three o'clock, we'll have Lorianne Munzer. At 3.20, we will go out to Florida. Randy Moeller, Florida Panthers analyst will join us. We got Wanya Gretz co-hosting from four until six. We'll be joined by Craig Button, Mark Spector, and Alan Mitchell. So lots to get to on the show today. And then, of course, it is the month of giving continuing. And with that, it is another pyramid of money we're going to try to build. In case you missed it, we've been doing this for the last couple weeks now, raising so much money. The generosity of the citizens of Edmonton, our listeners, has been just unbelievable. We did this for the first day. I believe it was December 1st. In fact, we raised $16,000. Then last week, we raised over $25,000, like just bananas. And we're having local companies, you know, answer the call. They're able to 
throw a little money in. So I, I threw out the challenge during the Fantasy Frenzy program that we do from 11 till noon, just saying, hey, any local businesses, you know, you want to join in on the fun, we're going to give you some love on air. But, hey. We're going to try to build the pyramid. So we need 15 people to donate $100, 10 people to donate $200, 4 people to donate $500, and then 2 people to donate 1000 And then we'll raise $7,500 for the Christmas Bureau. So starting at 2 o'clock, or start doing it now, let us know. one 401 If you'd like to make a donation, Gregor will uh, just take your information, pass it over to the fine folks at the Christmas Bureau, and they'll give you a call. It takes no time. I've done it uh, a few times in the past. It's very easy, so we'll be doing that from 2 to 6. Declan, it's been crazy. Hey, this is kind of your first month of giving. Obviously, you, you worked with us previously, but not quite in the same fashion. Now you're in there. You're hearing it all come in. Like it, The generosity of the people of Edmonton surrounding area and our listeners is just its unbelievable. It's really. absolutely incredible. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but it is absolutely incredible. Like I look at some of these numbers, and I'm thinking, like, oh, man, like how are we going to get there? Like, really? And it is in- incredible how giving people are and how, you know, how quick they are to donate and recognize the less fortunate and the organizations that need this money. And it's, it's, it's like, it's, it sounds so silly and so cliche and so corny, but it's so humbling to the point you almost want to be a better person. And I, again, like, I know that's a corny thing to say, but the way the listeners rally and, and get into this month of giving is incredible. I mean, what did, what did you say? Was it $26,000 last Friday? I don't know what the final was, but we got over 25. Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And again, like I, I just can't believe it. And I'm, I'm very grateful to be a part of it. And it, it's something that really warms my heart. For sure. So you can get those texts coming in uh, starting at 2 o'clock. But hey, if you want to start now, we're not going to fault you for it. Declinations today. Top five Christmas movies. Thurman says, I didn't hear you guys talking about Bad Santa. That's a good laugh around Christmas. That comes in from Thurman in Saskatchewan. Thurman, that's a great point. That is a funny movie. Uh, Billy Bob, I, I haven't seen it in a few years, but I do remember watching it and laughing. So that that is a good one. We've also had Levi. Do you guys talk about The Night Before with Seth Rogen? I did watch that one. It got pretty crazy pretty quickly. Or uh, Office Christmas Party. I've seen that one as well. That's uh, another one that gets pretty crazy. Our Office Christmas Party is going to be at Bubba Gump's, Duck. When you coming? Is that true? Well. I'll be there. You know, Schlemko's a maybe. <laughs> Schlemmer's, <laughs> Schlemmer's maybe? All right. That's what, that's what Brandon says. Is Schlemmer Car- getting biz out? Is this plus one? I, I mean, probably not. All right. Carius is a, a, a no. He's but a busy guy. We're waiting to see. It's going to be on a Friday. You know, Wanye might come. I, every time he comes in here, he's asking about Bubba Gump. So we might have to take him out there and see how it goes. Jeff says, thanks and happy Festivus. That goes back to my wife and youngest were extras in Christmas in Wonderland. You know, Declan, it's your favorites and not anyone else's. Ignore the criticism. My favorite movie of all time is King Kong 1933 version. If people have a problem with that, I don't care. Old Man Robertson. Yeah, well, that's it. They're your favorites. They're not everybody else's. If everybody agreed with you, it'd be boring sports talk radio. That's what Gregor tells us, and I think it's true. So let it be. Now, Connor, I think we would be remiss if we did not wrap up this week without uh, giving a little bit of a preview for this Panthers game here. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think are the keys to victory for this Oilers team? Ooh, it's a It's a very good question, Declan. Keys to victory. Score goals, but also defend. I, I, th- I think this is one where 
You'd be a you'd be a great little league coach. I would be. Simply score goals and don't allow points against. That's <laughs> Just the score key more to victory. Than no, know. I mean I I think they you know the power play looks like it's fully back. You gotta get the the save here and there. I think you need a rebounding performance from Stuart Skinner. But overall, you know, don't don't fall into the trap of Matthew Kachuk. Sam Bennett, you know they're going to run around. Mm-hmm. You know, use it to to get intense, but I don't think you need to go out of your way to to do anything. You're in that hunt for the the wild card spot right now. You're trying to track down a couple teams. Getting the two points is the biggest thing, and to me, it doesn't matter how they do it. It can be a three two two one one nothing, it can be a blowout, but find a way to do that. You got a team in the Florida Panthers team that has been struggling. You know, they're they're gripping the stick they're trying to score goals which they just can't do right now shut out in the last two games i think you just got to make that continue hot start i'm saying all the cliche things right now but what do you think well sometimes they're cliches for a reason i mean i think the biggest thing is defensive responsibility especially in your own zone i mean this is a team who i think well i don't think these this is a team who's coming off two back-to-back shutout losses by the time they play the oilers they won't have scored a goal in six days you know they're going to be hungry but the fact is a rut's a rut now they might break that rut but they're still in it. So I think you defensive responsibility in your own zone. Don't don't be so focused on, you know, making this a point night because the the Canucks were able to light up the the Panthers. Focus on just getting the two points. It's easier, it's a lot easier to look back and say, "Hey, we just need to play sound and win our game" than it is to say, "Hey, we need to play play to try and fill the stat sheet." And I think the Panthers are just a team right now that I I think they have a great constructed roster. I think, you know, you talked about it, Barkov and and Kachuk and and Reinhardt are going to do what they do, but I I I just think it's a team that is not clicking right now and you don't need to go all out to try and beat this team. You just need to be sound defensively, work your power play and have trust in whoever your goalie is going to be on that night. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's it. You don't look at all the negatives from last game, the things that went wrong. Look back at the last nine games and what you've been doing right. You know, build off those things, get back on track and uh, you'll start to have a lot more success and that things will go well. But I mean, the Oilers, they, they've got to know that the Panthers are struggling just keep that up. Defense first. Good defense will lead to some good offense. Right. Like, that's what it comes down to for me. This is a team that won't have scored in six days. So if you can just play sound defensively and get a couple good chances offensively and win this game 2-1, who cares? Wins are all the same. We count W's and L's the same. It's, you know, two points and it's zero points. So don't get caught up in trying to, you know, be another team that can shut these guys out. Look at what they've been doing, their inability to score. Play sound defensively and work your offense to a, I don't know what the phrase I'm looking for is, but work your offense efficiently, I think is the best way to say it. To a T, perhaps? Yeah, to a, uh, but to a T kind of implies that, you know, when all things are firing, you can go off for seven. Just be efficient. All you need to do is be efficient, work your power play well, and play well in your own zone, and I think you'll be fine. Some woman just walked past the studio with a sweater that said McAllister Home Security. And it had the Home home Alone logo on it. Very cool shirt. Uh, th- that question got a lot of people fired up, Declan. Your declinations, top five Christmas movies. Uh, Rob on the West End says Christmas with the Cranks and Love Actually. Top ten for sure. I know a lot of people are big fans of Love Actually. Not necessarily my favorite. I like the upbeat, the comedies, but good one for sure. Ooh, you're trying to work away, uh, work around saying you don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, there it is. It there. comes out. I like Christmas with the Cranks, though. That's a fun one. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. A bad Santa. It's our favorite. Billy Ball was hilarious. That's from Dustin in the Park. And then someone also mentioned his name was Thurman. And it was different spelling, but there is a character in Bad Santa 
called Thurman Merman. So maybe maybe that's why Thurman enjoys it. Maybe it was just a, a bit name of a Homer pick. With. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Uh, Scott, a newer Christmas movie should make the list is Violent Night. Great movie. I think that one just came out like this year, maybe. Yeah, because I do my mall walks and I've seen the posters for yeah. it. I do kind of want to see it. Did you ever see Krampus? Uh, yeah, I did. What did you think of Krampus? I liked it. I thought it yeah. was good. Yeah. Kind of a scarier movie on on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol. I've actually seen that one, I think, on Disney Plus, but haven't watched it. Husk says, Be Kind Rewind. Yeah, that's got to be about our talk of the old VHS. You had to do that. Check out Anna and the Apocalypse, a Christmas zombie musical from Chet. <laughs> the burglar says, They allow you two to run the show by yourselves. Crazy, right? It is crazy. When low tide's away, the boys will play. Low tide's tied up in a closet right now. <laughs> we pre-recorded that uh, interview, just so yeah. you guys know. It's it's all us today. That was actually AI, you know? The the technology is crazy what we can get away with. How about the Polar Express from Marty? Yeah, that's another good one. That's one that when my family would do their Christmas party, my dad would always put that on in the basement for the kids to go watch. A classic. If you've got some young children at home, you definitely want to throw that one on. Steve from Drumheller says, oh, I clicked the wrong one. Oh, no, now we're getting so many texts. I like your list. A Christmas Story and Lethal Weapon are in there, too. I love Christmas Story. That would have made my top five. You'll shoot your eye out. Guji also says you forgot Lethal Weapon. And Morris says, okay, if ranking the Scrooge movies, honestly, the Donald Duck version is the best from Morris. I would agree. You really? Scrooge McDuck? Oh, he's a he's classic. <laughs> Can't go wrong. He is. Merry it's Christmas. A, it's so heartwarming at the end when it all comes together. That could be like your uh, your next five Scrooged movies. <laughs> That's a pretty niche list, but I, maybe I'll think about it. There's a lot of them out there. Even if they are Declan's choice, we all know he's wrong in all aspects every time. Scalding Gord. Bring in the heat. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> Shooting 100% isn't for everybody. Exactly. Well, that music means we're done. Big thank you to all of our guests today. George Richard, Steve Lansky, Alan Mitchell. If you missed anything, make sure you head to the podcast section over at uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon, wherever. Give us a download. We're trying to get into the top list of sports podcasts on the Lowdown with Low Tide. So please go check it out. A big thank you to our sponsor, Wolf GMC Buick. That'll do it for us on the program today. Up next, it is the Jason Greger Show. But before we get to that, let's get to a sports update brought to you by Snow Valley's Ski Club. It is now open for the season. Be sure to support your local ski and snowboard shop. Then get ready to ride the valley. Visit snowvalley.ca today. Here is Declan Kruger.